Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. I'm in Chicago and back in the studio. Well, wouldn't you know, Phil and Frank. You just commandeered the show. You commandeered the studio. Hang on. I was in Chicago two days ago. I want to hang out with you. You weren't there. I come here, you leave. I'm not going to take it personally. Yet. I'm elusive. I got moves, <laughs> Frank. I got moves. Some, a couple left anyway. There you go. Welcome to PTI. Kornheiser took the day off to work on his Washington National Scrapbook. <laughs> so I'm joined by our great friend from The Athletic, Frank Isola. Whoa! still cheering for me. That's a pretty good ovation back there. <laughs> we begin on a crazy busy Friday in sports with Patrick Mahomes and the knee injury he suffered last night in Denver. The figures to keep him out several weeks. How many are several? We have no idea. The number three keeps coming up because quarterbacks turned TV talkers relate their injuries to this. What we do know is that the Chiefs' new starter will be Matt Moore, and on deck are the Packers and Vikings. Frank, what does this do to the Chiefs and the NFL season? Well, one of those quarterbacks turned TV guys, Mark Sanchez, said he had a similar injury. He was out four weeks. It stinks for the NFL because Patrick Mahomes, 24 years old, is the most exciting young player in the NFL. And, Michael, when you think about all these quarterbacks already this season, whether it's Andrew Luck retiring, Roethlisberger, Breeze, Josh Allen, Cam, Cam Newton, Newton, Sam Darnold had to miss time with Mono. It's been this run of all these quarterbacks that are out. The good news is it looks like he's going to be back. I think for Kansas City, I think they'll be a playoff team, but there's a very good chance they're probably going to have to go on the road and maybe win not just one, but two games on the road to get to a Super Bowl. I think they could survive this, but in terms of hosting home playoff games, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I remember, I mean, most of their division stinks. Yes. I'm not sold in the Raiders and the Broncos from what we saw last night and the Chargers. I, I mean, Kansas City can still easily win that division. I, you know, I think like everything in the NFL, this is sort of overstated. I love watching Patrick Mahomes too, Frank, I do. But let's not turn him into Tom Brady. Let's not turn him into Brett there. Favre. Let's not turn him into one of those guys. See, he's not. He's not that yet. And the Kansas City Chiefs, they're not indispensable. I mean, the season moves on without the Kansas City wow. Chiefs. I mean, people where I sit are more uh, concerned about the loss of Mitchell Trubisky for a couple of weeks than they are with the loss of Mike. Patrick Mahomes. He's not, he is not the face of the league, though God he's, knows we all love watching. Oh, I think he's getting there. First of all, they average 33 points a game when he starts, They're number terrific. one. And he did come within a couple of bad calls of playing in the Super Bowl. So he New was Orleans. a revelation last year. <laughs> so and did he, New Orleans. And he's still pretty. What'd you make of the play? Going, uh, the quarterback sneak that he got hurt on. Do you have an issue? People get hurt. This this notion that somehow you have to keep quarterbacks from getting hurt is stupid. People can get hurt in practice. They can get hurt doing anything. I mean, that's why I'm saying this is so overstated. Oh my God, Patrick Mahomes. Oh my God, he's he's the reigning MVP of the league. You know, I mean, seriously, not Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady playing this week? Yes, he's also 42. He's going to be leaving soon, Patrick Mahomes. Then the league's just fine. All right, Mahomes left Thursday's game injured as opposed to Broncos quarterback Joe Flacco, who was pummeled basically in every way imaginable. Flacco was sacked nine times, including six in the first half. So, Michael, if you're scoring at home, that's nine sacks for the Chiefs. 
defense compared to six points for the Broncos offense. Denver is now two and five. So, Michael, how much of this is a Joe Flacco problem or perish the thought? Is this a John Elway problem? They're not very good. And again, another wildly overstated story, particularly in Denver, where they never won a Super Bowl for 100 years. Elway wins a couple and they get lucky and they wind up getting Peyton Manning and they get a Super Bowl just a few seasons ago. And now it's their birthright to win every year. It sounds like Nebraska football fans a few years ago when they wanted to get rid of Frankie Solich. And then they went into college football purgatory for about a decade. Let's get a grip. All right. They're not good. And no. Elway's going to have to do a better job. But the notion that John Elway should be canned and everything has to go to hell in Denver. In Denver, they better get a grip. It is not your birthright to win every season. All right, Michael. 13 and 26 since they won the Super Bowl. He's Not drafted good. 64 players since 2011. Three have made the Pro Bowl. Your guy, Mark Kislip of the Denver Post, this is what he wrote about I John Elway. It. It's time to send Elway to the shower and put Peyton Manning back in the game. You have a big time columnist in Denver calling for John Elway to Kislip's be out great. and have Peyton Manning come in. What's wrong with that? He's great. And it's an overstated he reaction, the- just like when Kislip was. Young, like we were once young, <laughs> and they were all writing in Denver about the amount of money John Elway was leaving as a tip at the local diner. Everything in Denver. Once again, they've won. Are they the Patriots? There's one franchise where you can look and put them under the microscope and say, oh, they don't pass muster this year, except but they, they always they, pass they've, muster. I mean, they've the been good Denver for 25 Broncos, years. It's not their that is not right. easy. They're not the 60 that is, Celtics, Mike, Frank. That is not easy for a columnist to go after John Elway of well, all people and say he shouldn't be there. I also don't think it's the prudent Replacing thing. Replacing by Peyton Manning, maybe. Well, I mean, so, so, so John Elway should be out because he hasn't won a Super Bowl in three years? Well, really? Look at the draft. Look how many quarterbacks they've they're, gone through. Frank, they're not good. Now, he has to be five. How many of the franchises haven't won in three years? How many haven't won in 15? This isn't about winning. They're 13 and 26. Frank, there's teams with worse records than that in the last three years. And they're making changes all the time. As a matter of fact, you happen to live in a city where two of them play. (laughs) We got two of them. I mean, stop. That's absolutely right. People think the overreaction in the NFL to every damn development. That's what we do. It's, it's, It's tiring. No, I don't do it. If you want to, you I'm and younger than you. I do can it. That's line why I up do over it. there. You guys can do that. I'm not getting involved <laughs> in that junk. The NBA is in need of some good news coming off the China controversy, but it ain't coming from New Orleans, Frank. Zion Williamson is going to miss the beginning of the season, and his time away is even more mysterious than Pat Mahomes. Zion's right knee, the one he sprained in that shoe blowout while he was playing at Duke, is the one in question again, this time said to be soreness. And Woj says... Zion's expected to miss a period of weeks, whatever that means. Frank, how concerned does this setback make you about Zion's future? I'm very concerned, Michael. If you go back, it's been eight months now. You talked about that Duke game. That was his right knee. Summer League was his left knee, and now it's his right knee again. And all they're saying is that it's knee soreness, and we know he's not going to start the season. And before, when you talked about China, you think about everything that the NBA went through. What they had going on back here in the United States was Zion Williamson. He was 35 of 49 in the preseason. He, you know, he brings such joy to the game. Everyone likes him. Everyone was looking forward to him playing. They're going to open the season in Toronto. Toronto's going to get its, their banner. Zion Williamson was going to be on the court. Now he's not going to be there. You just wor- you, you know, you worry about the size that he is. Maybe he still needs to get a little bit lighter. 285 is a lot for him to carry around, especially for a guy playing above the rim. 
Yeah, I, Frank, first of all, I mean, all of that, you set the, the, the scene perfectly. I don't know if it has that much to do with size. I mean, we've seen smaller guys, you know, Brandon Roy. I mean, yeah. he, he didn't have any great heft on him. But I'm going to give you a name, and this, this worries me too, because I like you. I'm dying to see Zion play in, in regular season games. Bill Walton. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to think of, for those of us of a certain age, I mean, yes, Bill Walton won two championships. One is the primary figure of the, of the Trailblazers in 77, and one, you know, sort of as an add-on as a sixth man for the, with the Celtics, you know, nine years later with Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish team. But, but Walton was never able to, in any sustained no. way, be the great player we saw in college who was just wondrous, magical. And so now Zion's got this. I don't know whether it's weight, Frank. I don't know whether it's there are some Bad guys luck. who just there's certain parts of his body. Speaking of Portland, I, I can go back to Greg Oden, yep. and he was a big guy, but not overweight. It, it just worries me, and I'm glad. I, I, I know, given Griff and, and the nature of, of carefulness that they're going to practice down in New Orleans, they're doing the right thing by this kid. But man, it's a downer, another downer. Yeah, it, it really is. And they're playing their first preseason, uh, their last preseason game tonight in New York. You mentioned Greg Oden. That's who I thought about the other Portland Trailblazers center. 105 games he played in his oh, career. I hope that is man. not the case with Zion Williamson because everyone loves watching this guy play. All right, Michael, the Houston Astros, they have the Yankees on the brink of elimination. Those savages that Aaron Boone brags about got beaten all facets in game four. Their pitchers gave up three-run homers to Carlos Correa and George Springer. The Yankees are now 0 for their last 14 with runners in scoring position. And, of course, they committed four errors in Thursday's 8-3 loss. And wait, it gets worse. They face Justin Verlander tonight with the season on the line. Michael, do you have any hope for the Yankees tonight? I mean, yeah, if I was into the whole deal of finding hope for the Yankees, and I'm, I'm not really one of those guys, I would point to my favorite pitcher in baseball, Justin Verlander, has a five-plus ERA in his last two starts. Yes. One of those was that crazy, crazy short rest thing where he shouldn't have even been out there. And I would strike that from the record if I'm arguing the other side of this. And Giancarlo Stanton, keep in mind, Frank, apparently will be in the lineup a designated yeah. hitter. And he hit a home Th- run in game one. That could help them. Yeah. I mean, any pop fly he hits down the right field line has got an 80% chance of being a home run in the toy ballpark. So, yes, the Yankees have hope on those two fronts, if not others. You know, for the Yankees, if they lose, it's going to be back-to-back 100-win seasons and they don't even you know, get to a World Series. And you wonder if philosophically they'll change a little bit because they keep going with the big lineup and trying to depend on on their bullpen, and you look at the team that's already in the World Series, the Nats, built around two great starters. starters. And there's three great starters on the Houston Astros, but especially Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander. So, And the Yankees, you're relying on your lineup. And Gleyber Torres, he batted cleanup last night. At 22 years old, he's the youngest player in Yankees postseason history to bat cleanup. That's a lot of pressure. He went 0 for 5, and he had a strikeout with the bases loaded. Then he had Sanchez striking out with the bases loaded in the bottom of the first when they had a chance to really get well, to Zach Well, that power Greinke. lineup shouldn't be Mike, thought. It should come through. Mike, they keep thinking they're going to out-hit everyone. The Dodgers thought that they were going to out-hit everyone, and it doesn't work in the playoffs. In the baseball playoffs, you need two great starters. I think, they, I think Houston has three great starters. They do. Frank, I mostly agree with you, but let's keep in mind. 
The Yankees have been using much of that formula. Not all of it. They've had great starters, too. They've been using that for a 100 years. But, but, but the 27 Yankees, they weren't built around power hitting. Nobody even heard of the word bullpen Mike, back Mike, then. Mike, they're taking but their starters still. out in the fourth inning. They're relying so much on their it's, bullpen. It's and too, now, again, if you make it to a game seven, right. that's four games. No, four you're, you're right bullpen. about that part of it, Frank. But they can't throw the whole formula away. Yeah. they got to tweak some of it. You're right. Cornhouse is off today, probably consulting with the Nats pitching staff. So no one needs to dress up in silly clothes for that game of fortune teller. I was told to wear this. I'd make more money. Oh, boy. Uh, Let's take the first call, please. Hey, Wilbon and Phil and Frank. Do you guys see Lamar Jackson matching Russell Wilson's level of play on Sunday? Game Sunday in Seattle, Frank. And let's face it. I mean, people are going to compare the style of play, even though Russell Wilson Never ran as many times, you no. know, as frequently as Lamar Jackson. But I think playing on the road and sort of having some of the pressure off of Lamar Jackson gives him like a 30% chance. He's going to be inspired playing against Russell Wilson, no doubt about that. I'll say 30% chance, but, but, but not more than that. This would be the biggest win of Lamar Jackson's career if he can go on the road in Seattle and get a win. His last three games, though, Michael, four touchdowns, five interceptions. And remember when they beat Miami? And he had the great game, and then his comment was, not bad for a running back. He was kind of knocking the media. He's rushed for 480 yards. He's still a running running back. back. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's still a young, developing quarterback. But everybody keeps kind of throwing him into the MVP race. They really haven't beaten anybody yet. They haven't beaten any really good teams. A a win on Sunday in Seattle, that would be something. That's right. Absolutely. Next caller. Hey, fellas. I want to know, do you see number 16 Michigan upsetting number 7 Penn State? Well, this becomes a story because Michigan can't be the top 10 ranked team and Penn State's number 7. Michigan, for all of the drama about how bad people think Michigan is, the Wolverines have only lost one game, and that was at Wisconsin. Now, they got pummeled at Wisconsin. And, Frank, I'm sorry, but as a Big Ten guy, it's the memory of that game still in my head that leads me to believe that, no, they're not going to be able to beat Penn State in Nittanyville on Saturday. Doesn't it have to happen at some point? They're 1-9 against top 10 teams under Jim Harbaugh. At some point, they're going to break through and get another win against a top 10 team. You think this is it? Here's the thing about Michigan. And they got destroyed with on the field against Wisconsin yeah. and then afterwards. And everyone was questioning everything about that program. Their last three games, they've given up a total of 28 points. So their defense well. is going to have to play well against a very good Penn State team, which is good offensively and defensively. I think this is going to be the weekend they finally do it. Oh, you got out. the breakthrough coming. In, in Nittany Lion country. All right. Next caller. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Do you see the Bucks being scary good this season? All right, I'm going to let you hit this hard because the Bucks did not lose a game in the preseason. Ante the Kumpo is ready to roll, and he thinks they're ready to roll. My concern is the loss of Malcolm Brogdon to a division rival, no less. Frank, you spent some time with him. How good do you think the Bucks are going to be? Are they going to be better than last year when they lost to Toronto in the conference final? Yeah, I was with Ante Kumpo on Wednesday. First thing he said is, how's Michael Wilbon? And then later that night, he said, I think we're going to be scary good. They didn't win 60 games. And guess what? They did not have a four-game losing streak last year until they played Toronto in the playoffs. And then they yeah. got knocked out. But, Michael, to me, when I look at Toronto, two things stick out. Two years ago, LeBron left. Last summer, Kawhi Leonard left. So two great players right out of the conference. When you look at the East, to me, it's Philadelphia and it's Milwaukee. This is your time, Milwaukee. Plus, remember, Giannis can sign that big extension in July. 
Frank, I, I agree with you on all that. Here's my concern, and we're not going to know this until May. Yeah. Does Andre Kumpo, did he go away over the yes. summer and come back with a 14-foot jump shot? It doesn't need to be three-pointer. No. I don't want to hear that. He has to shoot, and that defense right. sags off and walls him off like Toronto successfully did to win four straight games after being down 0-2. That's what the question about Andre Kumpo is, and he's got to answer it on the court. Yep, he's got to work on that mid-range game, absolutely. All right, last caller. Hello, Mike. Hello, Frank. Do you see officials outlawing super tall marathon shoes? Frank, I don't know how familiar everybody is with this story, but of course, Nike has these new marathon shoes, and they're they're high. They have this incredible sole cushion and soles, and they're huge. And you know, recently, a Kenyan man goes under two hours in the marathon in Vienna. No one's ever done that. And and a Kenyan woman in Chicago sets a world record, and they're wearing these shoes. Everybody's saying, "Wait a minute!" And the other shoe companies are now working in the lab trying to get their you know their their, their super boots on. Look, <laughs> tennis rackets. Got to be as large as yep. screen doors, and they haven't been outlawed. I know my driver's as big as the monitor in this studio. It hasn't been outlawed, so I, I don't. I know the, the neoprene swimsuits were. I know. But I'm the thinking these suit. things are going to last. Frank, what do you think? What's wrong with the technology getting better and you applying it to that sport? You know, in the last 13 months, we've seen the five fastest marathon times run and they, everybody's been wearing these sneakers i watch i'm not kidding you i watched the chicago marathon on sunday and a couple of things i noticed they ran by the united center they ran past the wilbon mansion in chicago then the other <laughs> thing i noticed was what's with the, the sneakers you can tell that there was something different but i'm of the opinion why not if the technology is better and everyone could wear them Everyone could go out and buy them. Buy those pink sneakers know, if it Frank, helps you. Then why not use aluminum bats in the majors? I mean, it's something. Because somebody can get hurt. That's why nobody's going to get hurt with well, fancy sneakers. Well, see, that's sneakers. what I thought. I thought when these things are this high, sprained ankles are easy to come by. But apparently, they're wider. The technology's sound. This, this is, this is a fascinating story. It, really I like, is. it is good. The phone lines are closed. People, stop calling. I don't have any <laughs> mansion in Chicago. I don't know where Frank was going. Let's take one last break. But in our future, I see us discussing what appears to be the end of the line. CC And will the Rams look like the Rams again when they play the Falcons on Sunday? I did watch the marathon, and I'm telling you, United Center said, oh, it's pretty cool. Then all of a sudden, this gigantic house out of nowhere with the word Wilbon on it. <laughs> Time to get happy, people. Happy 80th birthday, Mike Ditka. We see way less of the famous ex-coach of the Bears than we ought to. Few football personalities in the history of the sport are as entertaining as Ditka has been. And he's held our curiosity for more than 30, 35 years, maybe 40, as a player and coach. We get more of him here in Chicago, thankfully, but even that's dwindling because his restaurant a few blocks from where I sit is reportedly closing. Hate that. Frank, does New York have any equivalent to Mike Ditka? You know, Mike Ditka was a character. I have a contemporary of his, Bill Parcells, two years younger, kind of the same kind of guy, good with the media, was funny, and he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, but he didn't win as a player, which Ditka did. Happy anniversary, Tom Brady. On this day 10 years ago, Brady threw an NFL record five touchdown passes in one quarter in snowy Foxborough as the Patriots beat down the Titans 59-0. We can do a happy anniversary to Tom Brady every day (laughs) in the month of September, October, November, December, January, and now the first week of February, too. It's like MJ. There's something to celebrate 24-7. With all due respect to the Mahomeses and the Wilsons and even the Rogers, 
None of these guys is Tom Brady. And just like Jordan, think about how many guys he's won championships with. He's had a ton of teammates. And I'll yeah. be there Monday night to see him in person in New York against cool. the Jets. Very cool when you can see Brady in person. Happy trails. CC Sabathia, the Yankees left. He walked off the field with yeah. tears in his eyes last night after injuring his shoulder. I hated seeing that. Today he was removed from the Yankees playoffs roster, likely ending his career, which, Frank, if you ask me, is going to wind up in Cooperstown. Yep. He retires as the active leader and get this, wins, innings, starts, strikeouts, complete games, home runs allowed, walks, hits allowed, losses, earned runs allowed, hit by pitches, and batters faced. My God. Michael, I implore you to watch Joe Girardi's emotional tribute almost moments after this happened last night on the MLB Network. It was really great. All right, we're running got out of show. we got to quickly go through the big finish. Rams and Falcons Sunday. Frank, do you expect the Rams to bounce back? Yes, I do, and it looks like they're going to have Jalen Ramsey as well. The Philadelphia Inquirer reports that the Phillies are down to Dusty Baker, Buck Showalter, Joe Girardi as their next manager. Pick one of them. How about Dusty to Philly? I still want Girardi here, although I don't know if that's going to happen. Saquon Barkley will play Sunday against the Cardinals. How's he going to do? I think he'll do great. I think Daniel Jones is going to be happy. Apparently, Northwestern plays Ohio State tonight, Mike. He's smelling upset. I thought that was Giordano's, but yes, I like upset. <laughs> Last one, Eagles at Cowboys Sunday night. Who you got, Frank? Somehow, some way, I actually think the Cowboys are going to snap out of this and win on Sunday. They're going to lose four in a row, including at home. I'm not so sure about that. Ooh, We're out of bad. time. Thanks for watching. I'm Frank Isola. I'm Mike Wilbon. Have a great weekend, Knuckleheads. You can get the PTI podcast on ESPN app or Apple Podcasts. Give me a score tonight up in Evanston. Come on, 21-20. 21-20. 